welcome to another great episode of our amazing podcast. Today, Heather Parati will show us exactly how we can conquer LinkedIn again, since we're actually saw that these episodes with Just Emily and many more guests. And in today's show, we're going to learn exactly how to be a LinkedIn leader. In real one, not just influencer. I, I hope you're going to like this. I did. And I'll see you there. Okay, Heather, I want to say one big welcome to the show and thank you for being contribution to our amazing podcast. We're getting super close to 100 episodes. I'm sure we're going to pass it in a month or so, and we're super excited for it. But for today's show, we're excited to meet you. So why don't you say one big hello to the audience because they're excited to meet you, like I said, and share with us the most interesting thing about you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for having me on and congratulations to you for almost a hundred episodes. A lot of people don't understand how, uh, how much, how time consuming podcasting actually is and putting out consistent content. So the fact that you're 13, 14 years old and you're killing it is so badass. And I just think it's amazing. So congrats to you. Um, as I am a show host myself, I've been podcasting for about getting close to three years now. And yeah, doing the online thing, have an online business, uh, mastermind facilitator, et cetera. And I think there's not really that much interesting about me. Probably the most interesting thing that I've been doing lately is um, I've been uh, kind of in my spare time going out to Atlanta and being an extra on my favorite television show, The Walking Dead. Um, so playing a zombie every once in a while at 30 something years old, it's, it's a good day, <laughs> but I, I enjoy doing that just, just for fun. Well, last seasons are not that good, but I still like the show to be honest. Ah, uh, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> All righty. So basically what I want to ask you, since you said you're not interesting at all, which I think is wrong, I want to learn the journey of which, you know, you turn from therapist to online entrepreneur. Like, how did you create all those masterminds and masterclass? Like, how did you actually learn those things in order to teach them? Like, what's the whole story behind it? Yeah, um, a lot of trial and error and a lot of screwing up and a lot of figuring it out. And to be honest with you, I still am. I'm still trying to figure it out. Three years is still very early. And that was what, you know, you and I were kind of talking about beforehand is it's not just an overnight quick thing of like, oh, I'm going to build an online business. Oh, I'm going to build an online presence. Oh, I'm going to start this podcast and it's just going to take off. No, it's a lot of work, a lot of consistency, and a lot of figuring it out because there is no roadmap for this type of thing. You know, when I was in school to be a therapist, you know, you had a syllabus. They, t- they, it was a roadmap to you need to take this class, this class, this class, take this test, and you're a therapist. In the online space, building businesses and brands, there is no roadmap. And so figuring it out has been a lot of consuming other people's content who's gone before me. I love Gary V. I love um, everything that he represents and stands for. He was a huge motivator for me to kind of pursue the life that I'm pursuing right now. And just mimicking and following a little bit of what they do because they know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> but not everything works exactly the way, you know, we're all so different. So trying out things other people before me have done, getting data back and pivoting and being willing to pivot and not know all the answers. Again, I'm still figuring it out, my friend. So um, <laughs> it's been a ride. It's been a journey. Well, first of all, I want to say that I like Gary as well. But one thing he needs to actually, um, you know, improve is, you know, 
the LinkedIn account he's putting out like on YouTube because you know he's a great strategist in terms of social media. But I don't see much of LinkedIn content in his like profile. You now we talk about the Dollarade strategy, which is also a great strategy, but it's just like I feel really there's so much empty space and in YouTube as well, like there's not much LinkedIn content there, like for LinkedIn. And how do how do you think we can actually change that? Now I might I might be going a bit of off topic, but you know, there's not much videos on how to grow on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I've never thought of that, but you're right. Yeah. Maybe you should tweet them and tell them that. Call them out. Be like, dude, do a video. <laughs> nah, nah, for real, because, you know, people are talking about how LinkedIn is the next big thing, but they don't actually put any content there, and they're just, like, spamming the same thing all the way. Like, you know, Instagram is the next big thing. Yeah, sure, TikTok is going to take it over. Yeah, okay. You know, th- there's no such thing as the next big thing. It's actually exactly. just... It's actually just an ecosystem and, you know, everything is just dying in a couple of months or so. So, but what I actually encountered was that LinkedIn videos and LinkedIn live are actually really taking over. So, Mm. how do you actually create a proper video content on LinkedIn? How do you become a better LinkedIn content creator? Well, to be honest with you, I am, I'm learning LinkedIn. I, I've been on LinkedIn, I would say, actively for less than six months. Um, I <laughs> I did not like LinkedIn. I still, jury's still kind of out on it because I, I, it's such a different kind of platform. I've been putting out content for years, but it's normally been on other social platforms. I've, I've steered away from LinkedIn altogether because my personality is a little different. Um, So when I, you know, was hearing people say, oh, LinkedIn, 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 because I, you know, on my podcast, I'd have people come in and talk about how phenomenal LinkedIn was. Gary's like, hey, you need to be on LinkedIn. You're an idiot if you're not. So I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I'll put out content on LinkedIn. But I didn't know what to put out there because, again, it's a different kind of space. And so I agree with Gary in the sense of like, you need to lean into your strengths. What is something you're good at? You like, what is something that brings you life? Honestly, writing articles and sitting here and writing these really long statuses that most people do on LinkedIn, nothing wrong with it, but it makes me cross my eyes and want to punch myself in the face. Like I have no desire to sit here and write, write, write for LinkedIn, especially like presenting myself as some professional guru because I'm not, I'm, I'm very relaxed, chill kind of personal girl. And what I enjoy is interviews. I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love having these random, authentic conversations that might not have anything to do with business. Now, is there a spot for that on LinkedIn? I don't know. But what I'm doing is I'm testing it and I'm trying it. And I think as content creators, we have to stop taking ourselves so seriously. Like it's okay to put out stuff for a while and say, you know what? This isn't working. I need to shift and adjust and try something else. But the point is, is that you don't give up. And so I haven't built a huge following on LinkedIn yet. I've grown quite a bit. I think my last statistics, it was like 125% growth (laughs) every single month. I'm like growing and growing very, very fast. So give me another year at least. But um, what what I've just leaned into is my strengths. I know I like to interview, so that's why I started LinkedIn Leaders. Um, and just trusting that the right people are going to connect with that and giving myself a deadline. I really, I think it's awesome that you just said that you've done almost a hundred 
podcast interviews, I think when you're starting to put out content on LinkedIn or whatever, you need to have a goal in your mind that you're not going to give up until this. So when I first started podcasting, I said, Heather, you don't know what you're doing with podcasting. You may hate it, but give yourself a deadline. So I gave myself 100 episodes on my podcast, which actually were quite, I didn't realize how much that actually was when I said it, but I said, I am not going to give up until I hit 100 episodes because I don't want to give up when it's hard. I don't want to give up when people aren't paying attention. I don't want to give up because I'm lazy. I want to push past all of that and give this an actual chance. So I did that with my podcast and I did that. I'm doing that with LinkedIn too. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put out these interviews. I'm going to try and I'm going to put everything I have into this and know that I didn't leave anything on the table. And so I don't, I don't have an answer for you about growing a platform on LinkedIn because I'm in the middle of growing a platform on LinkedIn. I'm testing, I'm trying and I'm playing and it's been fun. Well, I mean, setting a deadline goal is awesome, to be honest. I mean, I haven't set specific deadlines except for that 100 episodes and all that. But again, is it really a question about really hard work, smart work, commitment, or just the deadlines? Like, what works for you, except the deadlines, of course? I would say all of it. Every There's not one thing that you just mentioned that isn't so, so so incredibly important we have to be consistent because this is the thing people online are the exact same people you would meet in person and so a lot of the same human principles that would apply to human interaction applies to online and if i am out there you know doing something half-assed for a second you know and doing that constantly people aren't going to take me seriously they're gonna be like oh here's heather she's going to be doing this for a week again you know, and, and she's not consistent with it. I can't trust her. So I think there's an element of consistency and grit and not giving up because you want to build relationships and trust with your audience. But then also to giving yourself grace to change and pivot because there's, and I'm sure you've experienced this too with your show. Things evolve and change. And the more content you put out, the more you realize who you are and who you're not. And it's okay to shift and adjust and, you know, evolve as you figure out the work that you want to do, I think the most important part is just not giving up. You know, you can you can change, just don't give up. Definitely. And of course, you're going to make mistakes. You know, at first, you might not be working hard enough, but you're going to make a mistake. You're going to fail and you're going to work harder. You know, you, you might not imply the right strategy, but you can imply it after you fail again. And it's all about trial and error, like you said. But here's the thing with LinkedIn. I found out that the best content there uh, is the one that is put, like, uniquely. Because, mm. you see, a lot of, like, uh, or close to uh, influencers on LinkedIn, like, we don't say a name, but there was one, one woman with, like, over 2 million followers or something. She's putting a content that is super, super, super common, and I don't goddamn care about it. Yeah. But, it, but it gets so many reactions and comments. You see, that's broke with LinkedIn, to be honest. The most, the most, the best posts are like the one who written with for something unique, you know, something like technical, but with a lot of from hard feelings. You know, th- that's kind of a hard formula, to be honest, to actually explain. But again, um, you, you can do it on LinkedIn. And I believe you shouldn't care about the likes or reactions, but more about the views. Here's why. Because you never know who actually views your, like, videos. Some people actually see mm. it in private, you know? 
actually have experience that someone see your video in private. Say that again, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I was asking, have you actually experienced that? Like, have someone viewed your uh, video in private, your content in private mode on LinkedIn? You know, I don't know if I, I've I've looked and seen that. I didn't know that. I knew that you could look at a profile privately, but I didn't know that you could view a video privately. I think that's you know doesn't much because you never know who who is actually seeing you. It might be like an influencer. It might be someone who's important. Like here's the thing, you know, when you actually do LinkedIn content, you need to do it to actually express yourself and show up out there. Because to be honest, yeah, yeah. Uh, Likes and videos, uh, likes and comments and all that, they're not going to uh, like earn you money. They're not going to give you like, so much exposure. And it's true because, I don't know, let me, let me ask you about your opinion on it. I, I just, I agree with you. Um, I know from running a business, I am surprised how many people have sent me messages and say, hey, Heather, and this is outside of LinkedIn. This is just within, within all content creation. I think this applies is, hey, I've been watching you for a year. I get that all the time. You know, I've been listening to your show for over a year. And I'm like, who are you? I have no idea who you are. They've been following and consuming your content for a long time. And either they'll engage with you in some way, they'll join, you know, your business and work with you in some way. Or, you know, they just send you a nice email, whatever it may be. I, absolutely. I get that all the time. Um, people reaching out and saying, Hey, I've been watching you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because I didn't know that. And I think too, you know, we're becoming very numb with social, you know, at the beginning, um, a few years ago, people were liking and commenting and engaging on things so much more because it was a little newer and a fresher. We're becoming numb to it. Like it's like an everyday thing. So getting quote engagement on your stuff is a lot harder. And so you're right. Just because someone doesn't engage with your stuff doesn't mean they're not consuming your stuff. And I, I love what you said. You never know who's watching. Um, that's powerful. Very good. Yeah. I mean, uh, a close friend of mine actually said to me, um, you know, he explained to me that there was one girl on Facebook or I, I'm sorry, I don't know the platform that was actually you not know, putting content about the climate change. And, you know, something like she was saying her own unique opinion, even though it was kind of controversial at the beginning, it was still, um, you know, it was really insightful because she was actually saying something honest. And, you know, a couple of months after, you know, she started putting a content, you know, people from the UNN actually contacted her, contacted her and she was speaking there. You know, it's wow. just, that's the biggest lesson, you know, just put out content out there. No, Nobody cares about how much strategy, because you see, when you actually go out there and like type content strategies, people say to you types like best strategy to actually earn the likes and comments, but who cares about it anymore, like you said? Nobody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's more important who actually sees you it might be just one view, but that view can actually change your life. I love that. that. That's such a great perspective. And of course, I'm not going to, you know, they're going to see you from the first time. I think it's going to take like maybe a year or like eight months, a lot of time, you know, but just got to be consistent, you know, it's going to be rewarding at the, at the end, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. That was, that was awesome. So, Let's continue more. So why did you want to exactly do videos? I mean, you said that you didn't want to do text because, you know, you, it was getting boring. 
But how did it came to be about LinkedIn leaders? Why exactly leaders? Sure. So my my regular podcast is called Unconventional Leaders, and I've been hosting that for three years. Um, you know, just a regular podcast. It had nothing to do with LinkedIn. And I've just been interviewing leaders from all over the world for, you know, quite some time. And so I'm really drawn to people who are starting things and doing things and have initiative like you, you know, you're putting out content, putting your voice out there, making a difference in this world. And so again, leaning back into your strengths, I said, okay, if I'm going to come into LinkedIn, not only do I need to look at what I'm good at, which is interviewing and connecting with people, but also what am I interested in? I'm interested in leadership. I'm interested in people who are the movers and the shakers on this platform. So of course it was just a natural extinction to like, hey, let's do LinkedIn leaders. And uh, you know, it's very broad right now. Like I just released episode 98 today and it's been people from, I mean, CEOs to plumbers to podcast hosts to singers. I mean, like everybody. So now that I've put out content and kind of like we were talking about before, I feel like I have enough data now to understand like, okay, what is the next pivot for this show? Like, do I want it to be any and all leaders or specific leaders? And so that's what I've been asking myself lately. And I I know the show is going to kind of get a little bit more narrow now, uh, but it took putting out a lot of content to kind of figure out like, Hey, maybe this needs to shift and adjust a little bit. So I'm still asking myself that, but um, yeah, this next hundred episodes will be different than the, the first hundred. So, you know, after putting content every day, I mean, every day, do you think that people who say don't put a lot of content, just put unique and quality content are wrong or like they're not sharing the same perspective and they're like wrong for a lot of things? I think it depends on what your goal is. I think... We all have different goals and what success looks like for us and what we want from our audience. So I don't think that there's a right or wrong way necessarily to do content as long as you're consistent with it. Is that consistent like once a month? You know what? That might fit your goals. The results you get from that might fit your goals. Now, if you have like Gary, okay. I know I'm talking about Gary a lot, but I, I just agree with a lot of his philosophies, you know. He wants to build like a worldwide huge brand that everybody knows his name and that he has his following and all that. So, of course, he's going to need to pump out a ton of content. Now, not a, that's not everybody's goal. You know, some people just want to do, you know, minimalize their business and have a smaller, you know, following but more intimate tribe. That's okay, too. I think you need to look at what your goals are and what makes sense for that. Um, I don't. I'm never going to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't do in that regard. The only thing that I will say is whatever matches your goal, you need to be consistent with it. But by consistency, um, you still mean like putting something unique every day or like doing something you like, even though it's not like something unique on the platform. I think something that's valuable. You need to think about who you're serving and what's valuable to them. And so if I'm serving, you know, dog owners who have collies, then I need to think about what do dog owners with collies really need. And so I'm going to form my content around them. So we really need to be people centric where we're really focusing on the people we're trying to serve and what's going to bring the most value to them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say my case, unfortunately, but, you know, I have a broad network from like CEOs to, uh, you know, 
corporate workers to all of these people. So sure. how how if let's say some of my listeners have the same problem, like how do they identify what is going to be valuable for uh, you know for my, for their network if it's so broad? I think whenever you pay really close attention to what's naturally coming up from you. So if you have people who are naturally drawn to you on a consistent basis are asking you the same types of questions over and over again, like if you look in your instant messenger and you see the same kind of questions coming up and the same people coming to you for these same type of things, there's a trend there. And this is the thing. I don't think like niching down excludes people. I think niching down helps you become more clear on your message so you can actually reach more people. So for instance, my podcast is for what I call unconventional leaders. And I try to target people who are in their early to mid thirties, like myself, who have families and have you know, hard, different, difficult backgrounds and who are building businesses and organizations. Now that's my target audience. That's who I'm thinking about when I create content, but I get emails regularly from people who are in their fifties and sixties and kids who are 17, 18 years old. And they're like, Heather, I love your show, blah, 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 blah. Just because I have a niche and just because I have a target audience doesn't mean that other people aren't influenced by that. And I think defining your target audience is just a matter of opening your ears and eyes to what's naturally forming around you and also what you're passionate about. What stirs you? What moves you? Who Who is that one person, you know, or that type of person that you want to help that, that just pulls at your heart all the time that you can't help but helping? You know, I think I think those are good questions to ask. Well, again, um, you know, even if you have like all this content, uh, you know, put uh, like, uh, you know, fleshed out, I think at the end, it's all about what works for you. Because you see, I don't think that putting out content once per week is valuable or anything of that, but it might be for the other person. So here's the thing. We're experiencing a whole lot of diversity here. People say there's only one path to success, which is wrong, I believe. You know, there are people who actually succeed with uh, consistent content. There are people who actually post it one month, but one one time per month, but they actually succeed as well. So don't you think that at the end it's just it's all about choice and you know preferences, and you can still succeed. Well, what's your goal is? I mean, I interviewed a guy a couple of weeks ago. He has a multi-million dollar business, and he sends out one email newsletter a week and like one article every other week. Now, granted. He has a very high conversion rate and he has a smaller group of people. But his goal, he told me, he said, I don't want to have a huge following. I want to nurture the tribe that I have and build strong relationship with them and have a super high conversion rate, which he does. So again, it depends on what your goals are. Is he successful? Absolutely. Does he have the hugest platform in the world? No. And he doesn't want it, which means he doesn't need to put out tons of content. Now, if success means for you, yet you want millions of followers, yes, you need to be pumping out content like a crazy person. But again, it just depends on what your goal is. So if your goal is to, let's say, get exposure, get like seen to like, um, you know, get people to actually see your potential, how do you think they should like strategize strategize their content? Like if you want to get actually a scene in today's world from a high successful people, how do you start with the content, actually? I want to hear your opinion because uh, I've been asked about that for uh, quite, a, quite a lot of time, to be honest. Some friends of mine on LinkedIn. 
So I want to hear actually the opinion of someone who, you know, is doing something on LinkedIn, not putting out content. I think the more of you that you can put in anything is going to win because I think there is so much content right now and people are trying so, so hard that it's hard to differentiate yourself. And we're just getting really, really, I think as a culture, sick of all the plastic fake bullcrap of everything looks perfect, everything's polished, and we're really starting to celebrate imperfection and realness and rawness and people who are showing, you know, they're behind the scenes of their work. I mean, I get more engagement, more feedback on my solo rounds on my podcast where I talk about all the ways I've failed or the things that I'm afraid of right now or where I'm struggling or, you know, showing behind the scenes of my office and what it's like for me in real day-to-day life. I mean, we've got to stop thinking about, like, polished, creative content and start thinking about connection more. How can I connect more on a human level with the people I'm trying to reach where they feel like they know me? They feel like I have their back. They feel like I'm a real human being. I think long-term, that's going to win. So basically, you know, being vulnerable, you know, you know, showing your flaws. Sure. Yes, yeah, showing your flaws, showing your just who you are as a human. You know, I mean, like the days of just putting your logo on something with a, you know, an awesome photo. Everything's perfect all the time. I mean, you can get away with that every once in a while. But if that's the only content you're putting out, you're not showing like the real stuff. People won't. People get sick of that. You know, that actually can be applied to the written format content because you see when people say climate change you know people say that you know we're all bad and all that you know that's true we are kind of a bad people bad uh, animals you know but 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 again people are just full of that it's a common opinion well someone says yes we're bad but we're not the only the only one to blame people say dude i don't think he's right but he's authentic so let me like that exactly yeah i love that Agreed. All right. So, Heather, we did an amazing podcast. Uh, I have a few more questions. We're going to wrap this amazing episode. Sounds good? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Great. So, my first question is, how can my listeners connect with you? I mean, obviously, on LinkedIn as well. But do you have any websites or emails they need to actually know? Sure. So, it's Heather Parody on everything. At Heather Parody. HeatherParody.com. You'll find me. Great. So uh, for wrapping this up, I have one quick question for you. Sure. So we so we like we talk a lot about content, but at the end, what do you want to say for my listeners? Like anything like a uh, life advice, something for uh, you know all day life, not for some specific thing. What's your advice to them? To start today, whatever that thing is, because I know there's so many people who are walking around with this curiosity of. Hmm, I wonder what it would look like for me to start a podcast or write a book or start a business or start this thing in my community. And we're sitting on it because we're afraid of the way people might view us. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, of a million different things. But if something keeps coming up for you that you think about all the time, I think it's there for a reason. And you need to take advice from people like you who are out there 13 years old and just doing the work. Like, put in the sweat, do the work. If it works, it's awesome. If it doesn't, it's going to give you data to help you figure out what the next thing is. Great. You know, failure is not always the end. It's actually just the beginning of an amazing journey. All right. Absolutely. So we're wrapping this up here, but again, 
I want to say one big thank you for coming here. We're really like impressed by your knowledge. You say you're from six months on LinkedIn, but I feel like six years, you know, a <laughs> lot of knowledge. <laughs> thank you. All right. So I'll see you soon. And we're wishing you a big goodbye with a big good and small bye. Awesome. Thank you.